Hi, I'm Leslie Kane. I'm Editorial Director for Medscape's Business of Medicine. President Obama talked about many important topics in his State of the Union address, but one subject he didn't touch upon at all was health care reform. Now, there's so much going on in that area, and it's still having a big effect on physicians and consumers, and it's also a topic that evokes strong response, both pro and con. So today we have with us two physicians who have opposing views on health care reform, and they're going to talk about their thoughts on health care reform and perhaps about why it was not mentioned more in the State of the Union address. Joining me today are Dr. Henry Black. He's clinical professor of internal medicine and director of hypertension research, NYU Center for the Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease, and Dr. Roxana Moran, director of interventional cardiovascular research and clinical trials, the Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York. Thank you both for being with us today. So let's start right off. Uh, given the magnitude of healthcare reform and all the resulting activity in the medical community, what do you make of the fact that it was not addressed in the State of the Union speech? Was that wise? Uh, let's start with you, Dr. Black. Well, I think there are probably more important things to worry about right now. Not that I can get into his head or his advisor's head as to what to talk about, but healthcare reform is certainly a critical issue right now, both economically and as far as what, what happens to our patients and our, and, and our citizens. In my view, it's unconscionable absolutely unconscionable that we don't cover our citizens compared to what other countries do most of the rest of the world. Our outcomes data, life expectancy, infant mortality, uh, is so out of line with how much we spend on health care. And I think we have to ask why is, is it that we spend so much and seem to get so little in metrics that you can't argue with. So you're saying that the fact that he didn't bring it up had, had no impact and no meaning? No, I think it had some meaning, but I think right now we're concerned about jobs, we're concerned about manufacturing, we're concerned about outsourcing things. Uh, those are more important priorities right now. He s spent a little more than an hour. He didn't do a five-hour Fidel Castro-type speech, and he has to focus on what, it, what it seems to be critically important, and I think he did a very good job. Okay, thank you. Dr. Moran, what do you think? So. I would really disagree with that. I, um, I felt I was sorely disappointed that this very important issue that impacts us economically, socially, socioeconomically, uh, in every aspect of what we do every day, the health care of our citizens are, as you said, a very, very important and should be one of the most important topics of discussions. And I was sorely disappointed that this was not brought out. Uh, and I think that um, the, the fact that it was absolutely absent in the speech was a, a major deficiency of our president's address last night to the nation. I think there was some subtle things said that we really ought to talk about. He did mention medical research, something I'm sure you support as well, as one of the things we're not doing well. He did mention excessive regulation, some of which is part of the Affordable Care Act, and I think we have agreed that a lot of the regulations that have been added are not going to be helpful. Uh, he did talk about doing the right thing, cost effectiveness. We have a society and medical system, I think, which has enabled demand-side medicine. Patient comes in, I want this test. They get it without anybody saying, um, is that test really going to help us at all? We've seen this recently with 
what the preventive health uh, uh, services task force has found out. Maybe we don't need PSAs on everybody. Can I j just jump in here for a second sure. and just get back to um, what he specifically said or didn't say in the State of the Union address and um, just I think you were still mentioning uh, can you care to speculate why or would you care to speculate why he did not mention it because he really he said basically one sentence in the State of the Union address about insurance covering everyone but beyond that he, he didn't discuss health care reform. I think his current health care reform package and everything that he has a lot of deficiencies and while we all in agreement that our current health care as it stands today is perhaps not acceptable it is really costing a lot of our uh, health care a lot of the dollars in in the uh, in the nation's uh, you know and it really has a huge impact on the nation's economy uh, we have to totally agree I hope that you agree that this complete coverage of every single person while it sounds great it's very difficult to actually implement. Just to go back to what you said about oh the patient comes in and gets whatever test they want I just want to I don't know how much um, maybe perhaps I'm a cardiologist dealing with on the interventional side it's a little bit maybe different but in the more subspecialty side of medicine we as clinicians are spending hours on the phone arguing the fact that a patient needs a nuclear cell imaging, um, a, a patient needs, a, you know, a, an MRI. And I think those kinds of wasted time of a clinician's time on telephone uh, conversations with people who are totally not involved is really what's I, happening I couldn't, today. I couldn't agree more. But let me ask you who you're talking to. You're not talking to Medicare. You're talking to insurance companies. Insurance companies used to spend 67 cents out of every dollar on health care. One of the things in the Affordable Care Act is they now have to spend 80 cents on every dollar. The, uh, those other, that other 13% went to marketing, went to CEO salaries, which are unconscionable, which add nothing whatsoever to the health of patients. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, having got Medicare and always happily taking Medicare patients, I'm a cognitive doctor. By the time you get that referral, Somebody like me has seen them and said, they, I think they need this test. I don't want to argue with insurance companies. I don't think insurance companies add much at all. But you know that even with Medicare, reimbursement for Medicare, we're running clinical trials. We're waiting on <clears throat> whether or not if a patient is included in a clinical trial, whether or not a, the Medicare uh, will reimburse the hospital for the care that is being given to the patient because the patient happens to be in a clinical trial. There are so many, many issues, I think, on, on, on that front. So what I'm saying, and I think we're agreeing mm. in, in many ways rather than opposing, is that while the health care um, issue is an important issue, I'm sorely disappointed it was not discussed last night, we do not have a solution. And I think the creative solutions are out there, but President Obama doesn't have it. Some of the solutions that you're interested in are part of this Affordable Health Care Act, like an electronic medical record. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of organizations, uh, one of which is a government one, the Veterans Administration, that has a, a database for everybody who, who get, comes in, regardless of what VA you go to. That's an electronic medical record, or at least a system that has given us the best hypertension control uh, around, except perhaps for Kaiser in Southern California, which is, does the same thing. Now the question is, how do we translate that? And I think it has to come with investment 
in electronic me databases, electronic medical records. I couldn't agree more with that. I think the electronic medical records and the ability to not to have electronic medical records in silo, but that in a, in a very global sense of, of talking to each other uh, and pooling the data and bringing, bringing it together for a patient-based quality outcome is really, I believe, the future, and, and we have to focus on that. Unfortunately, I've not seen those types of solutions. It, there has to be some more creative thinking and strategizing on how to implement these really incredible strides we've made towards technology in, in medicine. We need this technology to work. Mm -hmm. There's a cloud up there, I'm told. Absolutely. I, I've never seen it, but I heard it's up there. Mm -hmm. And it there isn't any uh, reason why I think that uh, we can't use the funds that the Affordable Care Act is going to release to get that to work. I think we're focusing on the wrong parts of the affordable health care. There are some very important things, uh, insuring children uh, beyond what they are, reducing the amount of money that insurance companies can spend on administrative costs rather than on patients. Those are things that are critically important right now. Uh, we need a, a way to, to deal with the payment for drugs and devices that uh, right now, people talk about rationing healthcare. Well, if you can afford an expensive device, you get it. You're rationing it on a very different way. You're rationing on whether you can afford Excuse it, okay, not Dr. necessarily Black, whether you should. Let me just uh, move a little bit to a little, you're making some very good points here, a lot of good points. Uh, move a little bit to another side. Um, now, healthcare reform is huge and it's so far reaching from providing care to insurance to reimbursements and cost containment. But is there a way that the Affordable Care Act is going to make life and medical practice better for physicians because, as you, as you point out, some physicians are much in favor, it and, uh, favor of it, and many that we hear are complaining and think it's terrible. How will it make um, life and medical practice better for physicians, or will it? Well, I, I believe um, the way uh, the scrutiny that physicians are under in this era, in, in, the, in these these recent years are so huge that many, many young professionals are steering away from medicine. And the Health Care Act is a part of it. Many, many of uh, young professionals who are very interested in science, and last night we did see an incredible, young, beautiful scientist, a woman, uh, an Intel finalist uh, from this area, actually, come to Washington. and uh, but. She will not go into medicine, and a lot of it will have, chances are, hopefully she will, I would love it. It's a wonderful profession. It is, a, it is one of the world's oldest professions of giving care to our uh, fellow human, uh, human beings around us. Uh, with, no, with no bias. And that's really a, the, the role of the physician has been minimized, has been scrutinized. Um, we're under microscope. Uh, many of uh, the um, physicians are thought of uh, performing fraud. Uh, headlines are all about how terrible physicians are, how inappropriate their use of procedures and medication use, and that uh, that uh, drug companies and pharmaceutical companies and device companies have bought them out. And this is really uh, a very, very difficult time for physicians. And this Health Care Act 
is yet another sort of, I would say, nail in the coffin of the field of medicine. Mm -hmm. For many of the clinicians who felt proud to be doctors, to deliver care, you, Dr. Black, could probably tell us of the wonderful years at Yale and Rush and how you felt that you were the, the healer. And today, uh, we feel, I think clinicians do not feel uh, in, uh, uh, proud of what, what it is that they do, and they feel scrutinized and, and uh, criticized. I'd like to go back a little further to my medical student days at NYU. I graduated in 1967. 1964, Medicare was passed, much to the distress of the AMA. Now, it was after that that doctors started to get wealthy when they didn't do what the lawyers call pro bono care. We just took care of somebody who was sick, period, mm -hmm. and usually didn't get reimbursed for it. Uh, and I think right now, uh, Medicare pays faster. The amount of paperwork you have to put in with Medicare once you accept it is much less than you do with the insurance companies you were talking about. And where I'm not advocating a single payer system, I'm getting close, but not right now, I think right uh, we look at how senior citizens, of which I'm a representative right now, I'm very happy to have a Medicare card and to take care of Medicare patients. Uh, right now, when you have an insurance company that, you, that used to be a, a, the group that um, insured me, I couldn't get to see most of the doctors I wanted to. Any doctor who takes Medicare, that, that's fine. And I think once this is there, just the way when Medicare started, we'll have a much better system in the end. The other thing that's part of this Affordable Care Act is something I think you're supportive of, is the need for cost-effectiveness research. Absolutely. What do we do that works? Mm -hmm. What do we do that doesn't work? And that's sort of what I mean by demand-side medicine. You say you want a, this particular test, and it hasn't been shown to be helpful. Uh, should, should anybody pay for that? Insurance companies or the government, anybody else? If you want to pay out of pocket, be my guest. But there's no reason why any, any third party should support something that hasn't been proven to work, and sometimes harmful. So as we begin to look, say, at PSAs and really look at it in a global fashion, it isn't necessarily useful as a screening tool, and it's even potentially risky once you get a positive study. So I think there's a lot more in this act that we have to look the at. One piece that no one talks about that I would really like to actually put out there, and we don't really have to discuss it, is that President Obama and the administration are very much, uh, you know, what they say sounds wonderful. Insure everyone, make sure everyone's getting uh, equal health care. There's some rationing of care, as one could imagine. I think it will be. But he never talks about the, um, the malpractice uh, issues and the fact that clinicians and physicians and patients have this you know, and, and especially physicians are under this really huge scrutiny with malpractice lawsuits. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the medicine they're practicing is defensive medicine that may or may not be, may, it's absolutely not cost effective to practice defensive medicine, but any, anyone who's ever been through a lawsuit understands how difficult it is and how every line is examined. And if this kind of thing comes through, President Obama, who actually has a law degree, should probably be thinking about how to handle that part of the equation as well, because you cannot once again take away uh, the swords and any kind of uh, ammunition that a physician has and give it to the other side to 
for, for lawyers to come after the physicians. I couldn't agree more about, about uh, liability. I think we'd all agree with that. But in my view, what the government's responsibility is, is to build roads and give people bicycles. If you want more, you pay for it. We do that in everything else. You don't get you know, free care in a grocery store or in a restaurant, but there's food. If you want better food, you pay more for it. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But to not have access to care and to not have the bicycle, I think that's unconscionable. Okay, thank you. Uh, excellent comments. We do have to uh, end this now. So, um, well, no surprise, people do not always see eye to eye on health care reform, but we've gotten some excellent insights and very keen comments from our guests today. I'd like to thank Dr. Black and Dr. Moran for being with us today. I'm Leslie Kane from Medscape. Thank you for joining us.